I'm Katie. I'm Liz, and we're Not Not Your Your Mommy. Hey, everyone. It's Katie, your favorite mommy. Don't tell Liz. I'm just popping on here as a quick little mini intro, I guess. Really, actually, as an apology, because... As usual, we don't have our shit together. We recorded this during what was known as Snowmageddon, which if you all remember, Vancouver went into a complete level of chaos when it snowed. And so did my power and so did Liz's audio. So there's a few things that we're just going to ask you to act like didn't happen. For instance, when I literally leave the conversation for a good 20 minute chunk, Um, I know you're all going to miss me during that, but know that I do return, and this is one of our favorite conversations, so we're so excited for you guys to listen to it. And with that, I will say goodbye. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. We have a a third party with us today. We should probably just clear that this is our second time doing this, because we are doing this on like Snowmageddon Day in Vancouver. And my yeah. power went out. So here we are again. We're going to try to recreate all the magic that just happened over the last 10 minutes. Yes. I said that we were having a threesome. So there you we go. Okay, perfect. We'll, we'll pick up from there. Threesome with Jill Danborg. Hello, Jill. Hi. So Hi. excited to be here. Uh, Big fan of the pod. Oh, you know good. I'm, I'm, it's fun it. to hear that That's someone good. loves us. Well, my, my name is Ma, Ma, or my, my tagline or like title of my memoir will be mom in the streets, mommy in the sheets. So I'm really liking the oh. not your mommy. Oh, I, I really that. like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's good. <laughs> Liz, are you feeling? Memoir. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get a glimpse of it today. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So Jill is like us and that she is from the Vancouver giant known as Lululemon. Um, when did you work there? Um, I want to say like 2010. Okay. 2012, like 15 years ago, a really long time. Yeah. Wow. I feel like you, yeah, you probably, yeah. Cause we I were there joined at the same in, time. I joined in 2012, I think, or 2011. Um, yeah. and okay, Jill, this is so random, but I have the tote bag that you made for, I haven't slept at all today, so I'm forgetting the phrase for it. What's it called? The overconsumption phrase. Brahmacharya. Uh, Brahmacharya. That tote bag, Chris is like, can we throw this thing out already? Like, why do we drag this from home to home to home? But I'm like, oh no, it's like my favorite piece of art that was ever created. That bag is like iconic. What did that phrase mean again? There was like needles on it and... Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like all the... fun. All the... Yeah, it was amazing. Um, We'll put a photo of it up on on, um, Instagram so people can see what we're talking about. I feel like that bag could get me canceled today, so maybe not. Oh, okay, cool. Well... (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) You I mean, a thought leader with that because that is so not that was not Lululemon at the time. Well, no, that was such a cool time in Lululemon where you we actually created new bags like every quarter. And Jill, you were like the creative director of that and like fully led that project, which is amazing. Like that, I was the bag lady. That's so fun. <laughs> That'll be a chapter in your book in your memoir, the bag lady. Bag lady, yeah. How I got fired from Lululemon. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, are we? How are we talking? Are we? I was gonna say, do we talk about that yet, or are we? Still... I actually think I probably signed something that says I can't. So. Okay, cool. Well, we all of us here on the sto- on the pod know the story, and if Liz doesn't, I'll brief for another time. I but let's just say we all learned our lesson. Okay, I love it. Tell me offline. Um, it has no, nothing there's... to do with bags. No, nothing to do with bags. And you know, we all have to make mistakes. 
No, it honestly wasn't a big mistake. And to be honest, I know a thousand people doing that same thing right now. Um, but I love this secret. Everyone's be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, it's nothing wild, actually. It's a little intrigue. I love it. Okay. And so now we're. I say, so, so from bag lady to brood. Um, brood. I'm a doula dealer is what I like to tell people. And I'm one of three co-founders. Um, we are an in-home care agency that focuses on supporting people through birth, pregnancy, postpartum. Um, if you don't know what a doula is, it's basically a, you know, coach or companion that helps you with like the emotional logistics, um, physical things that happen during all of these peak life experiences as we call them. So it's like an extra pair of hands, um, when you really need it most. We're all parents. <laughs> we know what it's like. Did you have a doula through your birth? No. And you know no. what? I remember seeing Brood um, coming out because we had kids around the same time, yes, right? Pandemic parents. Yeah. So um, you had your son in March? April 2020. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I had my son in June and it was like still very much like you couldn't have anyone but one partner in the delivery yes. room. Plus you could have a doula. But um, it was a very weird thing where the midwife group that I was working with could connect you with a doula, but you couldn't meet them until Mm. you only could talk on the phone, which to me, it just felt like this is a very like intimate moment in my life to just have someone I've never met in person just show up. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And like, I really, my, both my mom mom and sister are nurses and like, I wanted them. So it was just like, no, fuck your doula. I just want to alone. (laughs) But then when I saw Brood, I was like, oh, like that, I so could have used that because I mean, yeah, yes, in the birthing process, but afterwards, like yeah, learning how to breastfeed primarily over Zoom is just not it. Oh like, god, yeah. I had a I had a lactation consultant over Zoom. It was um not helpful. <laughs> no, no, to say the least. And it's not only is it like logistically not helpful, but like then the professional can't really like read your emotional state. And yeah. I just feel like it led to like not even just for me, but like it led to like a lot of like gaps in yeah. because people just like weren't seeing. Um but yeah I I remember you posted something about having your son and you were, you were kind of like the example of like, okay, this is like what pandemic motherhood is going to look like. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it was so comforting for me because I was like, I was so scared and so sad of just how things were turning out. And really not what any of us planned. No. And you were really honest about that. And I feel, I feel like I remember you were like kind of, you were like sort of trying to like share some like silver linings of the whole thing, which was nice. Because mm-hmm. It was so shitty. Like, yeah, my major silver lining was like no FOMO because I'm a really social person. But because nobody was able to do anything, it was like the first week of lockdown when I had the baby. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to be missing out on anything because everybody is missing out on everything. And then no pressure to do things because as new parents, it's like, go take your baby somewhere, meet the family, visit all the friends. And I think that people really overdo it in those first you know, 40 days postpartum. And Hmm. I just didn't even have the option. So those were some silver linings. There was a lot of not silver linings. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's, I think human nature, like, I think if today I was to have a baby, I would be relieved if someone told me you don't have to go anywhere, you don't have to do anything. But it's like, when you know, you can't have something, you 
want it. Right. And I yes. think to, I don't know if you experienced this, but when it's your first baby, like it's such a big moment. It's almost like you need people to like bear witness to it for it to be. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's a lot of what doulas do. Like I didn't know what a doula did when I hired mine Mm -hmm. and they became my business partner. Like the experience was so transformational and such a difficult time in the world Mm -hmm. that myself and my other business partner who happens to be my bestie, Lizzie, Mm -hmm. um, also used Emma as their doula. And we were both like, how the fuck do we make this available to everybody? Because not only did it save my life, I had you know, like you, I struggled with baby blues. I had postpartum anxiety, depression, like all of the things that you could have. I was like, well, trouble chest feeding and breastfeeding. And Emma saved my life. Like my partner didn't know what to do. It's our first baby. We couldn't have anybody here. And we were like, well, you know what, we're going to take a risk and have Emma come into the house and support us. And it was the best like for me personally, the best decision I ever made, but then, you know, brood was born from this relationship. So mm, yeah, it's a pretty powerful, it's a pretty powerful founder story. <laughs> it really is like, yeah. you, you literally found each other in like your most vulnerable state. And I feel like you uncovered this need that is like this gap that is so prevalent because yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you did, you ha- was Emma your night nurse? Yeah. I hired my doula as only at night. So I did all the overnight. So Emma would show up at 10. We'd have a Negroni together because we became fast friends. And then I would go to bed and my partner would go to bed. Mm-hmm. And then Emma would bring Sunny in, my kiddo, to feed. And then I'd go back to bed. That's, That's so-, so amazing. So Um, Mm -hmm. I always like thought that having an overnight person was like the most luxurious thing in the entire world to do. Like to me, that's like, (laughs) that's, you've made it it. like to me. Yeah. uh, I'm always like, yeah, no wonder the Kardashians have so many kids. Like, so would I, you know, if I like, if I had a nanny and like had someone to look, you know, do all the things and like do the overnights, like, yeah, totally keep them comics. But yeah. And if I don't even have to carry them, like, hello. (laughs) And what's amazing about the doulas is they're not like. They aren't nannies. Right. It's called night nanny, but it's really an overnight yeah. shift. But and we're just trying, like with Brood, trying to make it more accessible That's to people. So and also important. just like help people understand that like it is a service that is especially because most of us have aging parents that don't live here oh, or yeah. like not a lot of support systems. And it's like, you know, something has to replace that. And so we actually my friends crowdfunded for me. So instead of buying me baby stuff. They gave me money towards my doula and it paid for like two months. Oh, of that's, care. that's amazing. So like, yeah, maybe not everybody's got $2,000 or like 1500 yeah. bucks or whatever, but buy a used stroller instead and then get your friends to pitch in for care. That's my like hot tip for new parents. That's Do amazing. it. I love that. It's funny because if you look at my searches during like that time when I first had a child or right before, I was searching like how much is a night nurse yes. and all that stuff. And I didn't what even stage? know that that was available. So this is so amazing. Was it like week two? I honestly feel like it was pre because I was like one of those weirdos who like was pretty aware of what was to come. But I was aware on paper. When you're living it, it is a totally different like I could have been like and I was I feel like I really knew what was happening. All my friends had had ch- children. And yeah, when you're going through it, it is actually even harder than I thought it was going to be. And I was prepared for the worst. Yeah. I'm, I'm also like a catastrophizer. It's in my nature. So Mm -hmm. like 
somebody just said one of my parent friends was like you have to hire a doula I was like I don't even know what that is but I trust you so like okay (laughs) I'm so glad I did (laughs) oh I know Chris and I I mean um yeah we talk about it all the time having a doula was the most important thing and most important part of our birthing experience like it was it was life-changing for us and it was so important. And it was actually like, it's funny because I think a lot of the time, you know, men are like, oh yeah, we need the doula for my wife or like, it's all about the wife. But actually it was like, actually for (laughs) our family and for him, you know, and like she really taught him like how to support me and she supported him. And yeah, it was, it's so critical, I think. Oh, I mean, it is like the most hilarious uh cheat code for dads I mean lots of families don't have a mom and a dad but yeah I would say for the cis males out there who are becoming dads it's like they want to know how to help the baby but really it's teaching them to help the birthing person or the mom or the other parent we actually run a course called doing it for the dads and it's a workshop happy hour for just dads or self-identified daddies. And it's like, here's what you need to do to help your partner. Like, don't worry about the other stuff. You don't have to figure out how to breastfeed. (laughs) Like, (laughs) That's so great. And it's almost like, because I, I remember my husband saying like, he felt kind of, you know, helpless in a way because he was like I don't even really know how to help you in this moment and I can tell you need me and I wasn't in a state to know how to ask for what I needed because I like didn't even really know do you know what 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 did they Um, do for both of you that was like the best thing the most helpful um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) next question No, I literally am fresh off a fight. Like I literally just fought with my husband this morning. So like, I'm not going to, I shouldn't come to the table with any of these questions right now. I'm I'm currently in the middle of separation. So I also probably. (laughs) So the title of this episode is we hate men. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag all men. No, we don't. We, we love them. I would say like cooking and cleaning, like just get, just do that. Just do that. Yeah, I think like my husband, he kind of after a while picked up on like the basic way of like tidying our space that made me feel a little bit more like at ease. Yes. And he that. And then also like literally being like, Liz, you are so depressed. Like you have to go tell your doctor the truth. Yeah. That was like, he was like, I can see you and I don't think you can see how much you're struggling. Yeah. So like in the moment, list the fucking hotlines down, you know, like have the numbers of all the people you need and things you need that, that might come up, like mm-hmm. post them somewhere on the fridge. If you notice this mood change or whatever, after those first three weeks, like call somebody, call mm-hmm. in some supports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like those that. hotline people are incredible. I have, yeah. I have this memory of like, um, like the second kind of bout of postpartum I had. And I talked to this woman on the phone for like three hours and she was so adamant she was like, I know it's really hard, but I really want you to have a shower tonight. I really think that's going to make you feel better. She was like, you promised me that you're going to have a shower? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And then I did. And like, obviously it didn't fix everything, but just like that simple act of like someone reminding me to yeah. do one thing. A little bit of- do yeah, one little thing. Was like, yeah. Do one thing when you, I felt so overwhelmed. Like I have to like fix this tonight, but like all I needed was to just have a shower. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. You're just not like, people are so afraid of birth. And this is the funny thing about the doula care is they always want a birth doula, which is great. I think you should have all the doulas for everything. There's a doula for literally everything from birth to death. And I'm so down, but like postpartum, 
is that I don't want to scare people, but it, that is the shit you should be concerned about. <laughs> oh my God. I think about that all the time. Like how much we prepare for the birthing process and then yeah. like, we're not prepared for the next year. Yeah. I would, yeah. I, I feel like the first 40 days book and also the fourth trimester book were really helpful for me. Absolutely. That, those are the two books. Yeah. And I'm not, I didn't, I'm not like a book reader about. They're like, don't go things. anywhere for 40 days. And I remember Chris and I, Chris was like, oh my God, like that's intense. Like, what are we doing? And then we got to 40 days. He was like, oh my God, we're not ready to go anywhere. Like yeah. we were still inside. You were so good about that, Katie. Like, to be honest, as your friend for a little bit, I was like, whoa, like where'd she go? Like, Is she okay? Hello? Yeah. <laughs> really glad that you did that because I feel like you like listened to what you needed and yeah Chris was basically like your PR person he had like a canned response of like thank you thank you for reaching out we will be in touch shortly that's a great that's a great way he supported you then that's like really really awesome honestly he did amazing but like I I, yeah my phone is already like a sense of like anxiety for me like yeah I would be very happy to not have a phone and if I chose a new business tomorrow, I would choose one where I don't need to be like with my phone 24 mm-hmm. seven. And like birthdays are my worst day of my life because I like can't, I like actually had my phone that day and like, <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. Um, and so I felt the same way I had a child and then within one week and I was in the hospital for quite a bit. So then basically within like two days of being home, I, it was my birthday. And so it was like so many people were reaching out and I hadn't told anyone I had a baby yet. And so then they were saying happy birthday. And I was like, I, tr- I was like, do I act normal? Do I tell them I have a child? Like it was way too overwhelming for me. I couldn't deal with okay, it. You're like day four postpartum. Your, your biggest hormone drop before menopause is happening. And it's your yeah. birthday. <laughs> yeah. And I literally like haven't pooped in like two weeks. Like yes. I can't get anything you know, out. You know what I want for my birthday is a shit. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. No, truly. I actually think I said that out loud. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, hid my phone I'm I didn't Chris wouldn't even tell me where it was he was like I was like take my phone and I don't need to know and he put it somewhere and then he would check it each day and just respond to people and be like hey like I don't even know what he said um (laughs) we're live bye (laughs) yeah essentially yeah and then yeah with those first four I mean I didn't I just innate I'm pretty like in tune with what I need like to a level where it's like inconvenient for others and I know that but I just was like, yeah, like I, it's too, it it wasn't even like, okay, physically, yes, like I had had surgery, but like, like emotionally, I was like, I don't even know how to talk about this yet. Like it's way too much for me still. Um, And I didn't want to like, I was like, I knew how precious every day was. I was like, oh my God, like I, I don't want to not be with my seven day old. Like he's seven days. Like that's so crazy to me. That's like remarkable. How could he be seven days old? And so it was like Mm -hmm. way too much. And yeah I just like kind of rolled with it and then eventually I was like okay I should probably like drive my car like two months (laughs) oh yeah the first scary milestone as a parent get driving in the car I know it is right Mm -hmm. like six months no big deal oh yeah (laughs) super normal that makes you feel so good it's funny because there's um there's so many amazing resources in Squamish I'm sure there are other towns but I don't know. I think because it's like a smaller place here, everyone goes to it. It's not like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like community center, if that makes sense. So yeah. there's this yeah. thing called H Pop, which I actually have never actually figured out what that stands for. Um, 
but you if you're and, listening please let us know <laughs> but and everyone goes on like Wednesdays or whatever and they feed you lunch or breakfast depending on what time you come at and then they always have oh like a speaker God. yeah and they always have a speaker and to be honest it was my one thing each week that like and I was so nervous to go and I was like Katie would have to call me before and like strategize she was like okay like when should I feed and what should I do and like yeah. she's like can I actually every day I was like yeah like just oh my god just yeah go. you remember that it doesn't matter like just get out the door yeah, and like lot. everyone else's kid like just sat there and Siege just he's never been that kid and everyone would be I felt like everyone was watching me because he was just like Rah! and like yeah. screeching and like he was happy but I was like oh my god we have a speaker and I don't really know what to do with him like I still was new and I didn't know how to like behave as a mom either you know that's like a whole other dynamic like who am yes. I as a mom and like I still find that I still find it really hard Sorry, I'm really rambling here, but oh, I love it. I find it really hard when Liz and I always talk about this. Like, I feel already a little bit anxious, like weird socially, and then throw in like a playground and like having to like manage, make sure my kid doesn't hit the other child, make sure I'm polite to the other parent, make sure like all the things. I'm like, oh my God, there's so many layers. Like, how do you even deal with all of them? I know. Just have your it's canned a- questions for the park. How old? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So funny, my husband, he was That's saying, he was like, oh, I just never know what to say. I was like, literally just ask them how old their kid yeah. is. That's like all you have to do. And then you can either say, oh, same. Or, oh, I remember that phase. Yeah. Or what's it like? <laughs> like, it literally is like the perfect opener. But it's such a weird thing because I'm even finding now, and you maybe have experienced this with Sunny, but like they're at the park and like there's like a little tiff between kids. Like you, are you really like, you get really like mad in front of the other parent. Do you have to be like, I had the other day like someone like shoved Emmett and like I'm just never going to be the mom who's like we don't hit like I just I don't want to make anyone else feel bad and I'm not like I'm not so principled like I'm just like whatever they're kids who cares but some parents are so intense and then they make their kid like say sorry but I don't care it's fine like yeah there's a real like helicopter parent vibe and then there's lots of parents who are just the opposite like also I think probably out of anxiety just a little bit um frozen and what to do I'm of the mind that like I do think kids need to learn to work it out a little bit but if it's somebody I don't know I'll absolutely step in and be like sorry if it's my kid doing it although Sunny seems to be the one that gets smacked more so how old is Sunny he'll be four in April crazy has it just flown by yeah that old saying of the days are long and the years are short is so true you know I'm like annoyed and tired of him by the end of the day and then he goes to bed and I'm like looking at the videos and photos like I miss you yeah yeah pretty classic can I ask you a question about because you said you're going through a separation yeah so like when I, I remember when CJ was first born, I was like, oh my God, I actually can never divorce Chris because I like, <laughs> no one else is going to want to talk about CJ the way I want to talk about him. Yeah. And that was, I'm like, yeah. That, and now that I've just had a fight, I'm like, I don't even give a shit about that. Like I'm done. <laughs> but um, how, like, yeah. Like, do you, what is that experience like? Like, is it weird now to look at the videos on your own or like, do you miss that? Or are you like, it's not even a question. I don't even think about it anymore. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're in an like amicable stage of this and we still share like I really want um his name's Brad. I really want Brad to like when he has him because we split time with Sunny, which is the hardest part of the separation, obviously, for both of us. Um we do the two two three split. People can look that up. 
um, is I want him to share like how drop off was at daycare and videos and photos of him. And I really make sure that we're both still doing that for each other as much as possible, like we would before. So making like that feel really normalized. And I think now that I'm going through this, I really wish that it's called separation ideation or divorce ideation. And it's sort of like writing a will, like people thinking about your death or thinking about the demise of something is really hard. But like, if I was to ever get married again, I will not. Um, I would think about what our separation or divorce looks like, like talk about it. Yeah. So my advice to like anybody that's about to get married or wants to have a kid, even if you're already married is like, talk about what it would look like if you're parenting, not together, thinking about like writing a will, doing all these things that force you to think about like, honestly, the worst case scenario, which sounds horrible, but man, does it set you up for success later? If you end up separating or having any sort of challenges, like understanding how you might co-parent in a non-romantic relationship. Um, I actually you know. love that so much. I feel like, especially given, <laughs> given my state today, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I probably should look into that. So you are such a wealth of knowledge of um, these kind of like, I don't know, just this not, it's not alternative, but it's like a more in-depth way of like parenthood and like supporting having children and all that yeah. bad use of language. But like, I... I don't know. I'm so impressed by that. Is that, do you feel like that just came naturally to you once you became a parent and you were like, there's a need for this. And mm. you started to like dive into like, what are some um, like more in-depth resources that we can provide people? And like, what are some other practices that we can do to set ourselves up? Yeah. I'm, I, I identify as a queer person and my partner, I also had a non-traditional relationship for eight years of our 10 years together so whatever you want to call it, E&M, non-monogamy, open, swingers. Swingers sounds so gross. Anyways. So I think swingers sounds so Hollywood. <laughs> I think it's so like, Hollywood. So swing dancing with new partners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. But I feel like, and then my partner, my business partners, like one of them is trans, non-binary, queer. So I feel like those things coupled with like the work that we're doing, I'm just exposed to like all sorts of different ways of doing things and understanding that like, for me, uh, like nuclear family was not necessarily what I, I guess maybe like 10 years ago, I thought it might be more like that. But as I've grown um, more as a person, I'm just like, there's not one way to do this. And so I've just been exploring it with work and in my community and my queer friends, like everybody has to do it differently. Like mm -hmm. even getting pregnant, you can't just like get a penis and stick, you know, like you yeah. gotta go through a whole thing, get out the turkey baster, DIY it, pay for it. And I think that's what's been really amazing about the work at Brood and then just like unlearning things as I go. Mm -hmm. And um, also like shit happens. You have a baby in a fucking pandemic, like yeah. that turns it upside down. So time to re reimagine like what, my community of care looks like. And, um, I just think that, oh man, I could go on and on about this topic, but people are so lonely in parenting mm -hmm. because especially women, we've been like told, we've been grown up in like a gender role situation. Our parents were mm -hmm. likely a mommy and a daddy and like told us it was this one thing. And then we were told as millennial parents or as millennials that we could have it all as women and like mm -hmm. go get that job and have that career. 
And now we're like doing it all and fucking tired. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just constantly reevaluating how do I get what I need Mm -hmm. while doing all of these things as like a entrepreneur and a parent and a partner and another person's partner and a family member. Um, And I've just been lucky to have a lot of examples of how to do it differently, especially over the last few years, which is a real fucking beautiful thing. Wow. I love that. Do you think like to me, the service that you're providing and everything you're talking about to me feels like this is where the public um, sector should be as well. Do you think that like our public support is going to get there or do you think it's, do you think that's like so far away? Do you mean like public as in the general public understanding or more like no. benefits programs uh, covering doula care? Yeah. Like pu- yeah, public programs and like our healthcare and like, yeah, yeah. all of them. Yeah. So it's likely the doulas will go in the way of midwives. So they're not, um, you don't have to be certified to be a doula. To me though, you're so much more than a doula. Like everything you're talking about, this is so much more 360 than like, like a doula. I'm definitely not a doula. No, I know, but all, everything you're talking about and all the resources and all the like education that you're giving people, Mm -hmm. if to me is like, it's, doula doesn't cut it like I feel like yeah that's where the term we use the term family care because it really encompasses more than that but like um the goal is to have these things covered by like MSP for example so like midwifery is covered um it'll require a governing body in Canada um in the U.S. it's already like there's a few states I know New York for sure that Mm. cover it for people because like maternal death rates if you're yeah. Um, black, if you're black mother, like mm-hmm. your chances of dying in childbirth are insanely high. And so they understand that these supports are literally life-saving because once you're gone from the hospital, mm-hmm. like your care stops. Mm-hmm. And that's when things, again, postpartum, back to this fourth trimester can mm-hmm. go really, really wrong. And so I think the future is bright with mm-hmm. that. It's going to take some time. And we're just like, we're biding our time for that to happen because then there'll be more doulas there'll Mm -hmm. be more services available yeah and like do you I mean I know you talked a little bit about you haven't always had like your sight set on the nuclear family but like did you always want to have a child and yeah you did yeah I did for sure I think I wanted two 10 years ago and then I had one and I was like fuck that (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah we've talked about this a bit Liz exploring like I think that's what I mean about the nuclear thing and like thinking about the future and like why do you want a second kid you can want that I think that's amazing I love children you could have 10 Mm -hmm. but like why is it because that's what you've seen is it because you really want it um My partner did want more and does want more. Maybe he'll have more. But I, after the experience of like the intense physical experience of having all the conditions I had, but then the intense postpartum depression, like I just went off meds this summer. That's three years. Mm -hmm. It took me three years to feel like somewhat myself, not to mention like the changes in my body and my brain. And like, I also just want to continue being a badass business bitch and having a family. (laughs) So, and I live in a fucking expensive city. It's like, I can't afford another kid right now. Maybe I'll adopt one in like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's so so unfortunate that it feels like you can't be a badass business bitch and like continue to procreate. But like, I feel the same way. Like I always come back to feel like, 
there's so many goals and things I want to do. And like, I know that having another child would like, this sounds bad, but like kind of like take me out of the game for Mm -hmm. at least a year. Um, Well, society wants to put you in a box. They want you to be the mom or they want you to be career. And well, I, yeah, you can't have that. I went through like a identity crisis when I, um, was pregnant, like throughout the whole time I was like, just trying to calibrate. Like, I don't understand, like society needs, like, I need to be the person that's having a baby here. Like I am like Mm -hmm. society needs new children being born. Okay, cool. So that's like something that's needed. And so I was like, okay, but then how am I supported in doing that as an entrepreneur, but also society needs small business and needs me to feed people (laughs) and like do all these things. So I was like, I just like, I had always only been, yeah, the entrepreneur and like, I felt supported in that. And then suddenly when I tried to do both, I was like, like I lit, I am looking outside and I'm thinking about how many walks I went on with people outside to be like, I don't understand, like, wait, like, and people probably thought I was nuts because they were like, just like have the child, you're fine. And I'm like, (laughs) no, but like, how does it work? Like how, how I just like, I still, and like you said, like we've been brought up to think we can have it all. And yeah, we, yeah. Cheryl Sandberg, lean in. She also had nannies. Of course. I know know what I mean. (laughs) And a lot of money. (laughs) Totally. And that's the, the part that's kind of infuriating, but like, I remember that with you, Katie, like you were so like hung up on, not hung up. You were just like, how does it work? And actually like I today still don't really know how it works. And I think yeah. as entrepreneurs, we're like always like negotiating priorities and like, yeah, I mean, Jill, I'm sure you know a, a thing or two about that. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah. But what you did, Katie, and like what I love to do is gather data. So it's yeah. like mm-hmm. when I knew I might be getting separated, I connected with anybody I knew that was divorced that had a young kid. I was mm-hmm. like, I need to go for a walk with you. I need coffee. And I think what you did is like my advice to all new parents is like, or anybody in any major yeah. phase of life is like, who do you know in your community that has been through this? Even if you don't know them really well. Mm-hmm. Also, you're creating more support when you ask for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you ask for help or when you ask for advice or when you seek information, you're actually building a community and showing them that like you are interested in what their life is or how they do things. And there is no handbook for this shit. And it's like, we're going to be tired for a while because it, this world wasn't built for us to do this. The world mm-hmm. was built for us to be at home with mm-hmm. babies spending money. And it's mm-hmm. like, It's just, I hate the, like the hard thing about being a parent for me is juggling other people's expectations of like, I should be a mom first, or I should be a work person first or a career person first. And I'm like, I am both those things. And I put myself first a lot. Like Sunny is absolutely the most important thing to me in my life. But like, sometimes I put myself first, I get him a babysitter and I go do what I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think it's that struggle and then the internet's like showing us perfect parenting which is just like oh i'm not not, i'm not hashtag trad wife you know and that that is also what i had a hard time with because and that's why we created this podcast is because i couldn't find examples of truly entrepreneur moms in the media necessarily like i all the influencers were all these like stay-at-home content creators that were like making lunches for the kids every day and putting on cute outfits and i was like I don't see myself in that. And yeah. yeah, And that's literally why I, because Liz was the person I talked to the most through this, trying to figure it all out. And then eventually I was like, we just need to start recording these conversations because I feel like other people need to hear and like understand that there's more ways to being a mom. 
A thousand percent. It's and and by doing it, and because you're running your own businesses and doing your own things and careers, you get to lead by example. So, mm-hmm. like, hopefully, what that does is for the younger people working for you, they see examples of that and won't have shame and guilt around it. Because, it's like, so God true. knows, we don't need any more of that shit in our lives. Yeah, because I actually find I have shame around the fact, like, I never, I didn't know how long I would end up taking. Um, like mat leave or whatever yeah. we want to call it. But I, and that's, yeah, that's a, that's a crazy thing as well about being an entrepreneur is like, it's, it's not just like, Hey, walk out the door and then come back in a year or whatever. No. And you really have to figure out what that looks like for you. And I just knew, okay, I'm going to protect like these four months and then I'll check in and continue on from there. And I never thought I'd take a year. Um, but event, essentially like apart from a little bit of this and that, like I essentially like didn't like show up um, like at a team meeting for a year. And I, I think I probably still have like so much shame around that. Um, because I feel like every other entrepreneur that I talk to is, you know, some actually some, um, (laughs) is like, oh yeah, no, I haven't, I've never taken a day. And I, I still feel myself being like, oh my God, I have so much shame, but that is what my family needed and what my body needed. And I wasn't ready I wasn't ready. And it Um, worked out. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like it's hard. It's so hard. It's so hard to take a break as a parent or a person that owns their own business. Like those two things separately. Now Mm -hmm. combine them. (laughs) Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. And the thing is like, it didn't feel like a break. Do you know what I mean? Like it felt like the heart that was the hardest year I've ever had in my it entire is a, it is a way life harder job it's a way harder job in my yeah mind. It's, I couldn't like I and that that yeah I mean we can get into some but like I like resented my husband because again like he mm-hmm. was working and that was just like the no-brainer because he makes more money than me and that's just yeah. you know one day you know hopefully I'll sell my business and it'll uh, all add up and I'll actually be the one that made more money but like yeah in the day-to-day it made more sense, even though I was the one who owned my own business, um, mm-hmm. that I stay home and look after a child. It was such a mind fuck. I can't even, yeah. I still am clearly like trying to sort it all out, but yeah. I yeah. Know. And I would be like helping him create like PowerPoints. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, I'm so jealous of you. Like why I'm like, I would kill to be presenting tomorrow. Like I'd be, yeah. I'd kill. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why totally. did I my mom job so bad and like I think that's why I like dip my toe back into work like way too soon but Mm -hmm. that's what the hard part is is like when you have like a conventional mat leave like someone's already created the guardrails for you it's like okay you like walk out and then you get to like focus on this you know big life transition and then you have like carved out space I mean I think like regardless of whether or not you're an entrepreneur or you have a full-time job like it's a huge mind fact because you kind of lose that like sense of like purpose that you had when you yeah. went to the job. Cause I remember feeling like I really had to like reprogram my ideas about productivity. Cause I was such like a mm. type A, like wanted to be like producing things and like, it would be like three o'clock and I'm like, all I've done is like try and get this baby to nap. And he's napped for like 20 fucking minutes. <laughs> And it was just every day felt like, what have I actually even done today? Yeah, that came up for me too, where I was like, 
oh wait, like I'm actually not good at this mom job, but I'm really good at the other job. Like, can I, can I do the other job? Cause like I get way more validation in that. Cause I'm like literally so good. Well, it's, it's something that's easier to control than a tiny human. Yeah, totally. It's literally not controllable. Yeah. <laughs> Did you take the full year off Joe? I was lucky. I worked at um, the university at the time. I actually took the job knowing I wanted to have a family and, and knew there was a really good mat leave and they have a daycare. So like, you know, I planned ahead and I took a a pay cut to be there and it turned out to be a really amazing job. <clears throat> um, so I had a full That's smart. year off, but, and this was before I started um, Brood, obviously, I didn't go back. So I like started brewed during my mat leave like we were ideating and like did you already have the idea for brood when you were pregnant or no did it it, was it just like an obvious need in the market was after experiencing doula care with my now business partner who was my doula so we started brainstorming some ideas because I needed a bit of help with marketing and my bestie Lizzie was involved and it was just like fun because again it was using our brains but like no pressure yeah I was on mat leave Mm -hmm. um but then we both decided not to go back to our full-time jobs which in retrospect like no regrets but I'm now back to finding an anchor job as I call it which is like I'm still running the business. It's we've set up all the operations. So like it's running more smoothly, but now we're all like, okay, we're not going to be like making bank for a few years. It's a startup. Yeah. yeah. So we need what we're calling anchor jobs, which is like three, four days a week, steady income so mm-hmm. that we don't lose our fucking minds because yeah. they ain't no money. I love That's- that you're normalizing that because yeah. I think again, the internet has like glamorized entrepreneurship. Yeah. Quit your job, make your dreams happen. I know it's crazy. And like, people think they're going to make all this money. And like, I'm here to tell you, like, I literally haven't paid myself (laughs) in like months. And I I always reference like, this might be a really random one, but the book Shoe Dog um, Mm. about Mm -hmm. Phil Knight, um, the founder of Nike. And like, I think to me, that's like a real story of entrepreneurship because yeah, we see him, you know, as the owner of Nike now, but like for years, no one could cash their like payroll checks. And like, he was, he basically was nothing and he had no money and he was like hustling for a really long time. And I think that to me is like a more realistic version of what startup culture looks like, you know? Yeah. And like, don't, quit if you can like don't quit your day job like do the thing on the side for a little bit and test it out and I think I mean financial stability especially for women is like so important and Mm -hmm. so hard to achieve Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you're going to get out there and run a startup and you're fundraising it's going to be harder for you to get money because Mm -hmm. you're a woman or you know any other kind of person other than a dude yeah and so it's my like if I could do it differently I would have kept that going but Mm -hmm. at the same time like we were able to build something amazing really fast yeah and and now like it's running in the way that we want it to but we we definitely have to like in order to not burn out completely over the next three to ten years like we need we all need to feel a little bit more financially stable yeah I feel like that's just like I don't know this energy right now I'm feeling like I keep seeing like entrepreneurs posts that, you know, they're shutting down their business so that they're looking for, as you call it, like an anchor job or freelance work or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, and I'm even feeling this, like, oh my God, like I'm starting to daydream about like working for a corporation again. Like, <laughs> but I know what you mean. I know. And like, I feel like that's the anti of everything I've stood for lately, but 
I don't know. I just like dream about it. Like I fantasize about like, I don't know. I've never even been on a Microsoft Teams call in my entire life, but like I kind of am at, I would love to be on one. So many Zooms. Do you think that that changed after having a kid? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Which like, mm-hmm. again, I have to, I had to come to terms with like, I am different and like my priorities are different. But I also think like, there is that like seven year, you know, itch in so many things, the right? Cycle. The seven year cycle. Yeah. And like, yeah. I feel like so many of us went out and did our own things, um, yeah. you know, seven, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I am feeling like, yeah, so many of us are kind of like, okay, like, and now it's time to make like the big bucks, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, and maybe we're just like tired and burnt yeah. out and yeah. And or maybe just I am. More expensive to be alive. And I feel oh, yeah, it's harder to daydream and like let yourself work on these like big goals when you're constantly worried about money. And I yeah. just, everybody I know is in this state of like feeling strapped. And I know that that's you know not a reason to give up on your dreams but I think it's like you can have your dream but then you can also like kind of attend to that part of your anxiety and get like you know some well you're not you're also not the same person you were a decade ago so like mm-hmm. permission to change your mind and go back and forth from corporate to startup forever or not or yeah. like nobody I think there is a lot of pressure for entrepreneurs that have their own businesses to like keep at it and keep going and I'm definitely seeing a trend too where people are like I can't Mm-hmm. And I won't. Yeah. And I need to be okay with that. And I think, um, like, I'm not going to be, Brood is not going to be the thing that I do forever. Mm-hmm. It is going to be something I do for a while. Mm-hmm. And we're all committed to that and committed to a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, and also, I would love to go get a fancy job that pays me 250k a year after this. <laughs> Yeah, totally. That's where I'm, like that's where my head is. I know. Wait, should I go for 250? Because I had 150 in my head, but maybe I need to shoot way higher. You know figure out figure out the tax bracket because I did get paid a lot once, and I was like, oh, it doesn't even make a difference past this. Oh yeah. Oh okay, good to know. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. I I think a lot of people are heading that way, and like I still feel committed to the freelance game, but I'm looking for like stability in it. Like I yeah. want a juicy you know, X amount of hours per week guarantee so that I can like have that rest easy. And then when I'm not doing that, work on the stuff that's not earning me money that will eventually earn me money, like writing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like that book you're going to write. That book. Exactly. Wait, do you have a title for your book list? Cause now I'm like kind of, I can't <laughs> stop thinking about titles for memoirs. <laughs> I don't have anything as cool as Joe. I have like some working <laughs> I I'll I'll share it with you. Mine's about being a slutty bad mom. Okay, wait. Okay, so can we go back to you being a slutty bad mom? Actually, like I can't stop thinking ever since you said you were a swinger in Hollywood. Um, how did how, I hope my mom's watching this. Yeah. Oh, Jesse, I know. I always wear like I love how on Instagram you can block like your mom from your um, stories. But I'm like, it's just why? Like she why? Found my journals. Oh my god, <laughs> so did mine. But like, I'm like, I always think I'm like, oh, the only annoying thing about a podcast is like I can't like block certain individuals from seeing my content. Yeah. Anyways, that's oh a god. totally different story. Um. <laughs> That's a story for my therapist, but um, I am just wondering how the fuck you have the energy to be in an open relationship. I literally don't have the energy for a, like a very close, sleepy relationship. 
Um, people ask me that question all the time, and I'm like, oh, okay, ti- I'm like, how do you have time to have three kids? Like, these are people with like yeah. a bunch of kids or like a business or whatever. Yeah, okay. I think I think it's it provides like relationships with other people have provided so much energy to me yeah. and to um, my partner. It, I mean, maybe it didn't work out, and that's why I'm separated. I don't know. It's not perfect. It's hard, but what's amazing is it's always opened up lines of communication for me and my like nesting or core partner or husband at the time. Right. Um, energy, like, you know, when you're ovulating, you're horny AF and you're like, I could do anything this week. I'm fucking cool. And I'm yeah. I got like, I, you just got to ride those waves. Okay. Okay. So we just make dates on day 14 is what I'm hearing. That definitely helps okay. with your cycle, just like any work thing. Um, sometimes it doesn't work and like I winter and take a break from that kind of stuff. And a lot of, a lot of people in my life have just been really great friends and um, I've made <clears throat> business connections through dating, oh, which like is it. also hilarious. Yeah. Like uh, gotten great advice from people in similar startup worlds, um, hired somebody I almost went on a date with instead of dating them. I hired them as a graphic designer. You're like, hold on. This friend. is going really well before we, before we finish this date. <laughs> so I was I... Like, You're talented. And I think that's more important than my getting my rocks off. Yeah. I love it. So like, I'm going to expense this bill actually. And yeah, we joke that my dating life has like supported our look. One guy, one guy is um, helping with our sales funnels. Yeah. I went on a date with. Anyways, it's worked uh, out I in love that way. It. So maybe it's just like, like maybe I just need to think of it as work. It's just yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I, every part it's of job like, opportunity to network. <laughs> also, calendar management. I don't think I'm like very good at it, but running a business, having a another job, or freelancing, like you just get good at the Tetris and the constant like rejigging. Yeah, I agree with that, and I actually love that. It's funny because um, I went through like a hormonal, I don't know, tornado when I stopped breastfeeding a few months ago, uh, which yeah. I didn't know I was in a hormonal tornado. I don't know mm-hmm. why I didn't clue in, but suddenly I was like, oh my god, this all happened the same time as I stopped breastfeeding. And <laughs> Liz will know. I suddenly was like. I need, I didn't know at this time. So I just thought, oh, it was a problem with my routine, my calendar. I was like, I need a routine. I called Liz. I'm like, I'm going to start, I'm going to go to the gym every day at 8 a.m. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. It lasted 30 minutes. Like I, <laughs> I don't know what I, <laughs> oh my God, not, not even, I didn't even like, cause I actually love, like, that is what I do love about entrepreneurship is like, yeah, the Tetris. Like mm-hmm. I remember at Lululemon, like I, it killed me having to be there at 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. no matter what like I was like but like today isn't like that's not what's needed for me you know what I mean and like I didn't I hated wasting my energy by like someone else's rules um oh yeah so yeah suddenly I'm like oh I don't want to go back to corporate um but (laughs) yeah I think the pandemic was good for that in some cases that a little more flexibility but imagine being a parent at that time like I was always like so-and-so rolls in at 9 30 and not realizing oh my god understanding that they were like doing drop-offs don't you think you're such a better leader and manager now that you've had children absolutely yeah Yeah. I'm like way I'm way more like a a, I've never been a micromanager because I'm way too lazy to me do too. that. Oh my God, me too. Work. Not a micromanager. No, like, show up Although people think I am because I'll be like, you use the wrong font or whatever. Like I'm really specific, obviously, on my brand guidelines and people think yeah. I'm micromanaging. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. no. Like I, no. you just like need to use the right You're font. You're the brand steward is what we call that. Yeah, but it's not micromanaging. No. Yeah. <laughs> but people don't get it. They're like, I don't get it. Like who cares if what? Or like the angle of the sticker, if they put it wrong on the bag, I'm like, I don't like, what are you thinking? Um. 
side note, I love the love notes that I get on my Coke Oh, orders. thank you. Mm-hmm. That actually kind of comes from Lululemon. Like yeah. the love notes on the Definitely like good. socks and all that, you know, oh, yeah. on the inside of a Swiftly. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, actually it came from me. Yeah, we don't need to get into it, but um, <laughs> I love it either way. It was, I just realized, like, I was like, okay, if we do DoorDash, how am I going to create like this amazing guest experience for people when they're not even coming into our store? Like, then mm-hmm. we're just 50% of Kokomo, you know? And yeah. so I was like, okay, we need to like connect with them somehow. And so a message on the bag it's just great. felt like an obvious thank you. It works. Um, so okay, I feel like. Can I, I want to keep asking you open. I'm sure you get all these basic little bitches who are like, oh my God. Uh, like, yeah, you're like, yeah, bitch. You're one like, of them. Let me live vicariously through you. Yeah. One of my close friends is actually in an open relationship. When you're already when- gay, you are, the, the rules aren't defined for you any, at, at all. Like they are, yeah. they're not hundreds of years of rules that mm-hmm. you just slip into. Like you do um, like as me. And he was like, when you're straight and so he was like you're already making it up as you go so you have like so much more room to play and just like make your own rules per your relationship and what makes sense for you versus like how it should be done yeah Um, absolutely that's totally true and I think I mean I'm not a gay man or like a gay woman I am queer I like all the people yeah I love that which is the best more options for me but (laughs) I I, there's no yeah I wanted like more not less yeah abundant abundance mindset when it comes to love exactly yeah somebody was like how do you feel about the future if you're getting separated and I was like I'm gonna have so many great loves oh I love that (laughs) but I feel like that's a chapter name great it is totally so many great loves loves. just the list at the end of the book (laughs) um yeah I think in your your acknowledgments is actually just all the great loves you've had (laughs) exactly thank you to this 300 person list um I think for any gay person like that wasn't allowed to be gay they had like a secret it had to be right they had to come up with like different ways of being together and it is different now although not in all places in the world obviously but yeah again it like really you can do it any way you want like getting married having a wedding having a baby Mm -hmm. um planning your family your living situation there's snow falling (laughs) making loud noises um you you're the you're driving the bus yeah so like yeah there's zero noise but like yeah there's a lot of explaining I mean my parents found out about my relationship status like during the separation and so I had to like explain a lot of things and I think it worries people just like anything else worries a parent like right are you safe are you okay um how do you do it? How do you manage it? That's the biggest question. I know the admin, like people, people just can't get over the admin. <laughs> I like to think of it as like, I like meeting new friends all the time. Like I love collecting like people and like bringing them in and having them a part of a community. It's a huge part of my personality and like who I am. And I just think of it like that. It does there's just like a sex piece related to that, but like, they're still new. They're just new friends. And so I try to explain it that way. If you were to have a rel- another serious relationship and the person didn't want an open relationship, is that mandatory for you or are you okay with that? I don't know. Mm. Yeah. I mean, anything's possible. I didn't think I was going to get divorced or separated. Yeah, so true. maybe that will work out in the end. I don't know. Like it's so, yeah, I'm open to exploring anything. I think knowing myself it would unlikely last for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. But like for the right person, 
I was definitely open to doing that with my current relationship. It wasn't necessarily going to fix it, but like Mm -hmm. our rules were always like, if our relationship isn't solid, we're not dating other people. Mm -hmm. Like the focus is the core person and the family and like my kid. Um, Yeah. And that didn't save that this time, but I, I still abide by that in my own, like any relationship. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I asked, I've, go ahead, Liz. I was going to say, is Sunny, like, does he know? Uh, I mean, he's only four. He's not even four. So he doesn't, he's not introduced to a lot of new people. It's like, imagine being a single parent. Like I'm still going to be like, don't meet anybody for like six months if it's not serious. Mm -hmm. He has met some of my friends, but like, there's no romantic things in front of him. I'm really aware of that. Like keeping those things very separate because it's confusing for little kids and, um, yeah, it's really important to keep him safe. So whatever that means, I'm going to do it mama bear style. Totally. Also, people are fucking weird and like men are creeps generally. So I'm like, let's just not bother for most of them. <laughs> yeah, for now. Oh, God. Uh, Sorry? What were you going to say? You were saying uh, I don't even remember. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm just looking at some of my questions I had for you. One of them. Oh, yeah. One oh, yeah. of them. Um, what is your favorite and least favorite part of parenting? And I'm interested to know because we like basically have kids like the exact same age. So yeah, we're all pandy parents. Yeah. Um, I don't like early mornings, so let's just put that out there right now. Like yeah. I, I, when I'm up, I'm up and I'm awake, but like 6 a.m. is like, fuck off. I'm not yeah. interested. Yeah. And now that I'm a single parent, it's like, I have to do that. Right. <laughs> I really had it made when Brad lived here because he did all the mornings, which oh. was amazing. so back to that I guess I can manage um yeah I I think like what I said before is like expectations of me as a mother and like putting motherhood first and like mommy mom like capital m mommy things being the most important and I'm like no that's not true I'm like my needs are as important as his needs um so that's like fighting that or like shaking off the guilt or like shame around that is something that I don't love. Um, and I'm a self-professed bad mom and I'm going to stick to that. That's my, I love that. It's my thing. Bad mom. AKA the best kind. Yeah. Uh, because I want my kid to know that I'm happy and that like, I put, like, I want him to learn from me that his needs are important Mm -hmm. for him Mm -hmm. to figure out what you need and to ask for help is like such a, difficult thing as a parent especially as a mom is like you can do it all no you can't I can't do it all I need help I need my mom I need like babysitters I need my friends I need to go out and have a sneaky cigarette once in a while like yeah I want to go party with my friends here and there Mm -hmm. so that's really hard to navigate but I think I'm doing it okay yeah and my favorite part is just like learn them learning languages and like learning colloquialisms or like picking up on things or parroting everything you say Mm -hmm. it is so funny so joyful oh my god has sunny had any had any bangers lately any good life Uh, he's he says like fucking shit in the car (laughs) only in the car yeah because clearly i'm swearing while driving like (laughs) i think brad does too so i just find that so i'm like oh god i shouldn't laugh because i'm just like teaching him bad words yeah and then 
like I don't remember he said something like it's not like it's ridiculous or like he'll say just these little like quips and you're like where did you even learn that yeah I know it's so like when he says things like I'm frustrated I'm like yes me too no naming emotions we understand them it's so Emmett's new one is absolutely not (laughs) and it's like he's the first time he said it and I were like do we say that to him his daycare and it's yeah. like everything now. I'm like, okay, but your train's away. Absolutely not. I'm like, okay. I love it. <laughs> like, it's like, equally it's annoying and cute at the same time. I know. I know. Yeah. I think that's like the, the language thing is, is really fun. And they're just curious and learning so much. Um, the tantrums are really hard to deal with, obviously, like to be the calm parent. And finally, the other night, I just sat down with him and like let him freak out. And I was like, oh, this is what they told me I should do. And it worked. <laughs> I know it's so hard in the moment. I get my husband is like way more patient than I am. And sometimes I just like the other day, I just totally lost it. And I just was like, you got to help mommy out. Like I'm this is too much for me. Yeah. Like, like I could like I was like absorbing his energy and the same thing. I was just like, I'm going to sit down. Mm-hmm. He's not hurting himself, he's not hurting me. And then he just mm-hmm. like filled out and went on to the yeah. next thing. But it's, it's really I've, I've I've lost it on him, especially over the last like four months during yeah. this like trying period. But yeah. it um it's okay to lose it on them once in a while. I know I've had some rage lately, and I've been feeling really bad about it. So thanks for no, saying. I mean, like I wish I got to have a fucking tantrum, like, and I have actually thrown a few for sure in the last couple of years. But like yeah. we like, where do we get to expel all that energy? I know it's in we, life. We don't really get it. I'm just, I, I am jealous of toddlers, even though it like negatively impacts me. I'm like, that must be so nice to have an emotion and just like let it come out yeah. Yeah. and move on. Like how- well, that's the whole idea of reparenting, right? Where you're like seeing things yeah. and your kids and you're like, Ooh, how did I get, how, how was I responded to as a kid? And like, how mm-hmm. do I want to show up? And God knows we're never going to do it exactly the way we want to, but Every morning is like a new day to try it differently. And that's pretty special mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. until they're like really sick of you and teenagers or whatever. You know, I'm kind of scared for that, but <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, okay. So what else do I want to ask you? I mean, about brood, I saw that you're doing this thing with like anti-diet culture or something. Like tell us about like some of these offerings you have coming up. Cause I read yeah. that and I'm like, this feels like very right for the January. Yeah. <laughs> and just for like mm-hmm. life in general. Yep. We're doing a series called bad moms. Cause that's what I am. And we are doing a series of workshops with the bad Academy. I don't know if you've heard of um, the bad Academy, it's led by Amanda Cow, and she does workshops for women led by women. So there's like bike workshop, bike maintenance wor- workshops. Wow, I couldn't say that. Bike maintenance <laughs> workshops, uh, car maintenance, knife sharpening, skateboarding. So like all these things that are traditionally male dominated spaces. I don't even know why I air quoted that because they are male dominated yeah. spaces. Um, she's like, I want to learn how to do these things. So I'm going to run workshops um, cool. or, or find people to run them. So we're friends. And I was like, there's just so much with motherhood. That's again, the shamey thing or like guilt around it. So our first one was about getting pregnant. So just like fertility 101 for people that are considering or thinking about having a family. Mm -hmm. So like, how do you get pregnant? What are the things you should be thinking about? What are the ways you can get pregnant? Um, like 
debunking myths around pregnancy because you know we all have been tried not to get pregnant our whole lives and then Mm -hmm. when you do you're like oh it's actually hard for some of us so that was our first one and the second one is called um diet uh, fuck diet culture and based on my own experience uh as a parent like I've grown about like 10 sizes since before having a kid but like pregnancy and postpartum my body changed a lot Mm -hmm. I can't shop off the rack I'm a plus size body um I have been for quite some time but like it changed even more and I just realized you know I I wasn't really somebody who dieted I've kind of an anti-diet culture my whole life but like I also had a naturally athletic body for a really long time so through parenting and pregnancy like I just felt like I was thinking about it all the time and then like the ads started showing up in my feed and the pressure to like bounce back to what you Mm -hmm. know all of these things with parenting and for women it's like all of a sudden you're like not sexy because you're a mom all of a sudden your body literally literally changes like Mm -hmm. it's not just fat or weight it's like structure totally and insides and like things move around and so it was really important to me to do one of the workshops in the series around diet culture and understanding how it shows up in pregnancy and postpartum and then in feeding our children because like we're taught like good foods and bad foods we're taught about treats and snacks that are appropriate we're thrown images by like cute trad wives in Utah who are like, I make all my baby food by hand in a fucking muddler. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Like that kind of shit. And it's like so much pressure. So it's like feeding yourself, feeding your baby. And then you're just constantly thinking about fucking food all the time from grocery lists to not even eating enough yourself or like feeling like you don't understand what your body needs anymore. And then you're constantly thinking about your kids. So the workshop is amazing we have the coolest group um Vinny who is um a fat activist and they're an old friend of mine they're going to be talking about like anti-fat bias um and just like the basics around that mm-hmm. we've got um Steph who's a dietitian from um Kaya Health Center and she their whole approach is really like trauma informed um, super inclusive care. So like wellness when it comes to like dieting and, um, nutrition. So she'll be talking about like, what do you actually need when you're pregnant and postpartum? Mm. And like, what should you not worry about? Mm -hmm. You know, like eat the carbs and drink the water and do all the things. And then Thara, who is a doctor and like chief medical officer at a company called Hey Freya, and they do some supplements and um she's also a parent and um POC. So uh, or BIPGM, Black that? Indigenous People of the Global Majority is the term. Mm-hmm. And she's gonna be speaking uh a little more on like the philosophy around those things. So like just starting to unpack some yeah. of the shit yeah. that you both know mm-hmm. we deal with. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was my long pitch, but everybody should come. Yeah, we talk about feeding and Katie and I have very different like perspectives about food. Like I don't really care and she really cares. But I also think we both like really, you know, the pressure to feed yourself and feed your child right is really um, prevalent. And like the the like shift after having a child, like you said, it's not even just like if you're bigger, smaller, it's like your whole everything changes. Yeah. Weird thing to grapple with, but yeah, no, that sounds amazing. 
Yeah, I felt like I didn't actually think about diet, cult like dieting or body image until after I had a kid. Like it's really yeah. fucked me and I I'm learning to un- unlearn some things that like clearly have been <laughs> trained into me since I was born. Mm-hmm. Like even talking about how small or big a baby is. Oh, I know. Oh my God. I could go off on this, but just the focus on weight is so intense. From when they come out of the, mm-hmm. literally out of your body, it's all about how much they weigh. And like, yes, there are some important details there, but like the curve, right? The medical curve that they put them on, like Sunny is a smaller kid but like I, it made me worried about it and he is fine he's fine oh, yeah totally I just always remember someone telling me that in Europe they like don't do the curve like they don't like talk to you about percentiles and I was just oh yeah because it, it was there was so much emphasis on that with Emmett and like it just I was so obsessed with it rather than yeah. just, like enjoying my baby I was really focused on it which is just so yeah, there are some just basic things you have to worry about. And I think, um, you know, there's a lot of apps that like track things for you. And those also induce anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's bad, like that Katie cares about the planning the meal or what the what your kid is eating. I think that's really awesome if that works for you. Yeah. And then it's like, my I was like, is a juicy pack a food group? Because oh, yeah, that, totally. I'm like, I'm realizing it's like calories in and he eats during the day at school. So yeah. when he comes home, I'm like, I don't know, snack plate. Yeah. Totally. No, Liz and I always say like you, we also all have our wins or like our strengths. So like I can look and be like, oh my God, Liz always has her nails done. Like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, like how does she have the energy? How does she do that? Like, oh my God. And she, and, but I'm prioritizing, like, I just like live for food. I love, that's just like what I do. It's literally your job. Yeah. Like I'm obsessed (laughs) with it, like wildly obsessed. And so And then, you know, Liz is like, oh my God, how do you like always have like a three course meal, every single meal? And it's, it's just like whatever our skill set, wherever we just, it's natural for us, you know, yeah. and we can only pick like one. <laughs> so it's exactly. Yeah. What are your, I love to ask this question. Like, what are your, su- what's your superpower? It could be at work or personally, like what's your, what's your superpower? Um, it's a good check-in question. It's a checkout question. I know. We should really like up our game and have things like this, Liz. That's a good one. We just um, ask things like, do you Kardashian. like the Kardashians? But like, yeah. this is this is like, much better. Yes, yeah. and. <laughs> power, I think, will be, feels weird to like say this about myself, but I feel like I am very good at connecting with people and relating to them. That mm, you are. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Check, check. Check, check. You did good. Yeah. um ooh, I've just like in such a mentally dark space this week so this one's a really hard one for me I honestly post being sick it's so it's so hard I can do it for you can I tell you yeah like can you just yeah fill in you're a very high vibration person you have a lot of energy and you bring it to any space you go thank you but you and I appreciate that but it is hard because right now I'm not that and so it is like a bit of a, I feel like people expect that from me. And then like, I don't get to be not that. Do you know what I mean? Mm, like when I'm mm-hmm. not that people are like, oh, they, they like, <laughs> no one creates space for me to not have those days. So that I almost don't even want to like hang that on my wall. Cause right. well, let's, let's, let's outline here something here. Superpowers need, we need recharging. Yeah, totally. You don't have to bring it. You only have to use it when you want to use it because yeah. if you 
blasted out too much, it's gone. What I would say is my superpower, and this is also a manifesting generator thing if you're um, into human design, but um, I like if I'm into something like I can like just like rally the troops and like get something across the finish line and I can like I if I have an idea like this podcast I was like we gotta do this and it just like came together like instantly Mm -hmm. um because I just like you know I I could literally build a business in if you gave me eight hours and a really good idea I will go and build that entire business and do it all from start to finish so (laughs) and I get into this like super psycho strength um but yeah I feel like that's my superpower is like I can like rally the troops and I love that yeah get shit done epic cheerleader what about you Jill um my nickname at work is the knife which is like sounds scary but I'm good at making decisions Mm -hmm. when they need to be made and I think when you run a small business it's like it might not be the best decision or it might not be the right thing but like moving on yes like let's just that's so important so yes and try it and like be okay with it not maybe being perfect um using information as much as you can but I think like personally, I'm really all about NTMI, which is like never too much information and oversharing often, which brings stuff out of people. Like, yeah, they want to tell me, I don't want to say their secrets, but like things that maybe they've been holding on to. I know and we I'm need like, to like keep you as our superpower and <laughs> like bring you on when we like have a big guest. We'll bring you on and be like, just plant you in the audience. Just me giggling. The one thing about podcasts, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't like giggle after everything because it's just constant giggle noise throughout. Oh, the I honestly time. haven't picked up on it. <laughs> I, we needed help. Like I called Liz before we jumped on this. I was like, I hate Chris. I just had the biggest fight, and I like didn't. I woke up at two a.m. and haven't gone back to sleep yet. And I've been sick for like an, all of 2024. So I was like, oh my God, Liz, like we. Yeah, well, you you bring in the, the perfect third. I was like, someone's got it. Someone, <laughs> yeah, someone's got to hold it down for me today. And yeah, Jill we came needed- on looking like a news anchor. Yeah, exactly. We needed the Jilly Bean. <laughs> Uh, yeah. the, Jill, the Jill effect yeah the Jill we, effect. or Gill effect I mean, whatever sweet. you want to call it well I think I think you rolled in real great I hope you get a friggin' nap in thank you if you're a napper I don't but I a rest okay. rest your eyes I always wake up so thirsty from naps does anyone else like I'm mm. like it's almost not worth having a nap because I literally am <laughs> so thirsty it's like the, breastfeeding oh yeah, my god oh, let's not talk oh, about that literally like, I had to take Sahara a desert. 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 I said that like I like <laughs> Oh my God. That's like the hungriest and thirstiest I've ever been in my entire life. There wasn't enough food in Canada for me. No, no I felt like I was almost like scary for me. Like, I'm like, Oh, I was like shoving these like energy balls into my mouth, which like, is wild I, for Liz. Not me. It's Liz, not me. I mean, I say it on every podcast, but Liz could take a pill and be happy and be like, that was lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I do like food. I just like, I don't, um, it's not a priority. You're no, just like, I don't you don't care. fantasize about it. No, yeah. like, which like, like I like what recipe. Am I gonna make later? <laughs> oh yeah, like the entire time I drove from Squamish to Vancouver yesterday, I literally like ate like seven meals in my head of like figuring out what <laughs> my meal was gonna be for lunch. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, yeah. Okay. Not well, me. speaking of, I feel like probably need to go to lunch now. So yeah. thank you. So thanks so much for joining us today, <laughs> Jilly. So it was a blast. You guys are so great. It was wonderful. You can't wait. Can't wait to hear more. Well, yes. I like this was honestly so great. I feel like this. 
you were like, I don't know. There's so many clips that we're going to get to pull from this. Well, and you're a wealth of information. And I feel like smarter having chatted with you. And we didn't even talk about Kardashians today. So this is a win for our podcast. Huge win for us. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I do watch the show. I'll just say that. So okay. Well, here for it. we'd love to have you as a returning visitor. And we can just talk all things pop culture as well. I'm and, down. And get an update on all of your um, new friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking a small yeah. break from any new ones. But <laughs> okay. No, you're not, you're not hiring. You're not hiring for any new roles right now. I'll put the, I'll put the JD out on LinkedIn <laughs> in the next week. <laughs> All right. We'll be sure to circulate it. <laughs> Thank you both. Okay. You're wonderful. Keep up the good work and you got this and it's all going to be okay. Tomorrow's another day. All right. Yeah. Love it. Toodles. Okay. Bye. Bye.